0: It's the next level Warning The following podcast may contain spoilers Listener discretion is advised Welcome primers into this issue 144 of the DC primetime podcast from the spotlight here on the next level podcast network. I am Ben Beck. Oh, wait, Rob's not here this week. I forgot. Actually, I didn't forget. Rob is uh, enjoying a nice vacation uh, with his wife cat over in Iceland this week. So I am joined by one of our favorite listeners this week. Uh, Shad, welcome to the program. How's it going? And
1: Rob, if you're listening. I want you to bring me back a t shirt that says my buddy went to Iceland and all I got was this lousy podcast.
0: <laughs> I don't know if they sell them in Iceland. That would be amazing if they did. <coughs> That'd be fantastic if they sold them no, sold I am, in Iceland.
1: I am so happy to be back. I love you guys. I'm happy to cover anytime you need me.
0: Yeah, man. We're glad to I'm glad to have you on. And uh, I know Rob's gonna be jealous because we get to talk about four shows this week. And I say that sarcastically, he's not gonna be jealous at all. <laughs> not at all uh, apologize ahead of time uh, if we experience any kind of phone quality or any kind of quality issues for the uh, sound quality issues for the podcast I know Shad you're having a little bit of a trouble on your end so you're uh, you're actually Skyping from your phone which is uh, yes I'm
1: I love you,
0: Apple. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, already having a little bit of issue because you're fading out there a little bit. Um, but we're going oh, to try, try and get through it. It's not a big deal. Um, and we're going to try and get through it as best we can. So, uh, four shows to talk about this week, as all four shows have returned. Uh, we have uh, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow, and The Flash. So, as we usually do, we're going to start this program off. Uh, talking about giving each of the programs our one-of-three-point ranking, and then we'll jump back and we'll do a little bit of a breakdown of each episode. So we're going to start first with Supergirl Season 4, Episode 18. Uh, Shad, we'll kick it over to you. Sidekick, hero, or legend for this episode?
1: Uh, not enough Lex Luthor, but I still give it a legend. It was a really good episode.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit of time before we're going to see Lex again. Um, yeah, I, I expect this much, but I'm dying to see him again. See him again. Yeah, so I'm going to go with... Uh, oh, jeez. Uh, I'm going High Hero on this one. I don't know if I'm going to give it a Legend, but uh, I'm going to go High Hero for for mine on that one. Uh, next up, we have Legends of Tomorrow Season 4, Episode 12, Sidekick, Hero, or Legend.
1: Uh, I give that one a legend too I really enjoyed that one It was it was cool seeing uh, Sarah be more human and less super this week
0: So yeah, I'm going legend on this one as well too There's some cool stuff that came out of the episode Some, uh, some things that we've been kind of not neglecting But some things that we've been uh, anxiously waiting for to happen again happen in this episode even if they were just for a second So uh, I'm going legend as well uh, next up, Season 7, Episode 19 of Arrow, sidekick, hero, or legend?
1: Uh, I'm going hero. I didn't hate it.
0: <laughs> well, those, that's about as good as you can get when it, when it comes to Arrow lately. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I didn't hate it. Those are words of praise when it comes to the show as of like, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I'm actually, believe it or not, I'm actually going high hero on this one. I'm not going legend, uh, but I've been on the relative low end lately and I'm kind of okay with this episode. I do have one big issue with this episode that we'll talk about when we get into the breakdown, but I'm going to give it a um, between a mid to high hero this week. And lastly, we have season five, episode 19 of The Flash, sidekick, hero, or legend.
1: I would have given it a legend if it weren't for that B story, but the B story really drug it down, so I'm going hero. Just like right smack dab in the middle, hero.
0: Okay. Uh, I'm going high hero on this one as well. Uh, the B story, in your opinion, was the Killer Frost aspect? Or... Yeah. Okay. Killer, Killer Frost. I don't think that was the B story, though. I think that was the A story. I mean, the title of the episode is Snowpack. Uh, yeah, you that is, that is true. So I think that's more. I don't know if that changes what your rating would be, but yeah, I think that's. I think that's more the A story this time around.
1: Yeah, it's uh, that that part of the story. has still, uh, it, it has some problems for me.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. We'll get to we'll get to talk about that in a couple minutes. Uh. So yeah. So we're gonna go back and talk a little bit of breakdown of each of the episodes. I honestly don't know how long this episode is gonna go because I mean these episodes are fresh in my mind as i know they're kind of fresh in yours too as, as you have your notes um or at least your notes are fresh in your mind but thinking about them even though i just watched them last night back to back i can't remember a lot of what happens in a lot of these episodes and i'm sure that it'll it'll come about as we're talking more about them we'll we'll remember more and more as we're talking but i
1: thinking think about it not it didn't seem like a whole lot huge did happen in each episode. It felt like it was just more like very specific character showcases and just kind of very centered and focused this week.
0: Yeah, I I feel like with the exception of Legends, not really storylines haven't really progressed that much out of this week. Um, well, I mean, they're actually. No, I take that back. There's big things that happen at the end of Arrow, Legends, and The Flash. Mm-hmm that kind of progress the story forward. But for the most part, the actual meat of the episodes don't really progress the stories that much. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. A lot of these conversations might be very straightforward, so uh, just a heads up before we get into it. Before we do get into it, though, I want to let everybody know that with Shad as my co-host this week having yet to see Avengers Endgame, uh, you will not get any spoilers from us. This week, so you don't have to worry. I know spoilers are rampant online right now, and people are trying to avoid them like the plague. So you don't have to worry about any accidental Avenger spoilers or anything like that coming out of this episode. I've seen it twice already, uh, but because Shat hasn't seen it, I would never want to spoil it for not just for you but for anybody listening. So it's- uh, I,
1: I do. I do want to share one thing though. I've, I've been teased for the past few days at work with a ton of fake spoilers. Okay. So again, fake. Fake spoiler, this obviously does not happen in the movie, but the best fake spoiler I've gotten all week is that Beetle Bailey shows up and beats Thanos.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, that's definitely a fake spoiler. <laughs> I, had, um, I really enjoyed that. I had a friend of mine post a picture of Hawkeye from this movie with the, uh, the longer hair on the top and the shaved sides, uh, and it said, uh, Avengers Endgame spoiler. Uh, one of the main people who got dusted in Infinity War was Hawkeye's barber. <laughs> 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 Which I thought was was pretty damn funny., uh, but yeah, spoilers are rampant. uh, it is I'm not gonna lie. It's a downright perfect film. Uh, it's everything you want from that movie and more, but that is all I'm gonna say about it on this podcast. So oh, dear Lord, I can't wait for tonight. Oh, I'm going to see it again <laughs> today Ugh. later today. <clears throat> so by the time people are listening to this, I will have seen it three times. Which is nine hours of my life. Oh, jeez. And I'm okay with it. Totally okay with it. Um, yeah, so before we jump in, and again, before we jump into it, I know um, it's been a while since you've been on. I know the last time you were on with Rob. But uh, just a quick survey from you, sir. Out of these four shows that are happening right now, uh, which one is currently your favorite?
1: Uh, favorite this season is easily Supergirl. Just, there's so much going on it's such a great superhero story uh at first i wasn't terribly interested in um oh dear lord i forgot his name i just ben lost his name the villain uh <laughs> well his his alter ego too
0: oh uh the he the uh, um, agent of liberty liberty, liberty. Yep.
1: <clears throat> yeah I, I, it. I just thought it seemed very hokey like in the first couple of episodes and then it just it very quickly pulled me in and i just i gotta see the rest of it i can't wait okay
0: yeah I'm right there with you I think Supergirl has probably been the strongest of the the shows this season uh absolutely uh, you know I I think uh every show has had its moments I mean we we've put down Arrow a lot but Arrow has had one or two phenomenal episodes this season uh you know Slapside Redemption God Slapside Redemption is I I would put hands down probably the best episode of the series uh because Uh, my my
1: My favorite moment from any show this season is like right after he breaks out of the cell in the middle of that episode and the guard just like, get back in your cell, get back in your cell. He just punches the guard and it's that punch. He sends the guard freaking fly. I keep replaying that in my head
0: over and over. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, Slabside has been, I think, easily the best episode of the season and probably best episode of the series for Arrow. But, um, absolutely. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, strong moments from each season and we're not done yet. We've got, I think three or four more episodes from at least every show this, uh, from of the gambit this week. And, um, I know the Gotham series finale aired since we've last recorded. Uh, I did watch it. I don't know if you did at all.
1: I, I didn't. I kind of want to check it out. I, 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 fell out of love with that show a long time ago but i do want to see the finale
0: i will say uh to anybody who kind of fell out of gotham over the course uh of the past couple seasons this last season was pretty decent the series finale is very much disconnected from the series
1: um i i I am aware there's some sort of flash forward
0: it is. it's it's a flash forward it's about 10 years later after this after the events of Gotham so in retrospect you actually could go and just watch the finale uh oh, so is the entire
1: episode of flash forward
0: pretty much yeah yeah the oh, whole the whole episode is about to hmm. is uh 10 uh 10 years later so so you could in essence like i said kind of be separate and watch that episode and not having watched the season and, and be okay with it So
1: you'll have to
0: check that out. Yeah. Uh, All right. That being said, let's jump into our breakdowns of the week. Uh, Starting first with Supergirl season four, episode 18, Crime and Punishment. Kara and Lena head to Strikers Island to find clues that may help defeat Lex. Kelly encourages James to confide in someone about his PTSD. Alex faces off against Ben Lockwood when he takes powerful weapons from the DEO to hunt Supergirl. Uh, those are pretty much our three A, B, and C stories right there uh, yeah. for the episode. Uh, of those, though, what do you think would probably be considered the A story? Um, I, I because they kind of tie. The only one that doesn't tie into the others <clears throat> is uh, is James.
1: Uh, I, w- I would think the um, the Alex and the Kara storylines are probably the main focus.
0: Yeah, I, I think they're. I th- I don't want to say they're A and B stories because they kind of tie into one another. Uh, you know, because they're uh, Kara is go- Kara and Lena going to Strikers is in retrospect because of what is happening. Well, no, it's not really because of what's happening they- with Ben Lockwood.
1: They're after Lex. Yeah, they're specifically after Lex, so yeah. Yeah, so it's... But- Car, yeah, Car and Alex are, co- are focused on completely different things. They're still, like, the two driving plots of the season, but, yeah, they are very disparate.
0: Yeah, yeah, and they're, I guess so they would be A and B stories and James would be the C story. Uh, so you know what? Let's get the James story out of the way first and talk a little bit about that because, it. you know, we're seeing the serum that saved his life. We're starting to see some after effects, Of that now in that it looks like james is starting to develop abilities and they seem very uh yeah and god
1: there was there was one thing i was kind of confused in that storyline at the end it almost sounded like he said i'm not having ptsd it's this serum it's screwing with my head did did
0: i hear that correctly um i honestly don't remember if that was something that was said or not uh but you know what i could see that happening i mean i could see that being the case Because Kelly, I I think that was said, actually, because Kelly at the end of the episode, when he says, like, I was hearing things that were away, I was seeing things that were away from me. And Kelly said, you know, says to James, it's, you know, they're hallucinations. They're part of the PTSD. And he's like, no, this is not PTSD. And because it it seems to me like a lot of the abilities that he's starting to develop now are very similar to Kara's. I wonder
1: what they're going to call him.
0: I don't know, but I could kind of see him going back to, um, going back to being Guardian once he, because, I mean, he says it's not PTSD, but he definitely d- still does have PTSD. I think it's a combination of both.
1: Yeah, I wonder what they're going to do with that, because that, oh man, that seems like they go in so many di- different directions.
0: Yeah, but, you know, it's, uh, it's. You know, it's going to be a way, It's going to be one of those wait and see. It's going to be something, or is it going to affect James negati- negatively? And he's going to become maybe. Om- I can't see this turning James villainous at all.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't see that. But at the same time, I just. I don't. I don't see them leaving Jimmy Olsen with uh, with superpowers no. for very long.
0: No, I don't either. I, I think this is something that we're going to see come into effect, maybe. Till till the end of the season, and we're going to have some kind of resolution on this by the end of the season. Yeah, that's that's my opinion on that as well. But it'll be interesting because it seems like you know the super hearing and the super and super sight are two of the abilities. Of the, oh, and strength too, because he crushes that lamp.
1: Ooh, what if we get a uh, a James versus Lex fight? That would be kind of. I, I I want that so hard right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, because that's right. Lex does have those abilities, kind of, sort of, as well now too, because of the serum.
1: And he actually took down Supergirl really fast.
0: Yeah, so it's. I, I think. I think we're going to see James as an ally while he has these abilities, especially because you now have you have Lex, you have Red Daughter, you have Otis, who is kind of like <laughs> a, a secondary cyborg Superman now, uh, which uh, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, it is a new way to incorporate otis into the storyline and make him more powerful and and other than just some blumping bumbling idiot but i love the fact that even though he has these abilities as a cyborg uh he's still a bumbling idiot
1: it, it oh it feels a little unnecessary but it's adding a lot of fun and he had he had probably my favorite line this week too was uh I don't trust the press. They get
0: involved in articles (laughs) and they don't have all
1: of the facts. The way he said it so scholarly was hysterical.
0: Yeah, and I love the fact too that like, even though he has these abilities and he's a formidable opponent now for Supergirl, you can tell Lex still keeps him in the dark on a lot of things. Like He was a living kryptonite bomb and he he wasn't aware of that. Lex and Miss Tessmacher both know that Kara is Supergirl, but very obviously Otis doesn't. Or either that, or he's just so much of an idiot that he forgets. I didn't even think of that. Either one of them could be the case when it comes to Otis. But yeah, Otis is—he's more like he's literally just Lex's henchman. He doesn't. Lex keeps him in the dark, and you know what? I'm fine with it because it plays into Otis's character.
1: Oh yeah. I love that one scene a few episodes back when, he's like, oh, yeah, there's this guy. And then Lex just takes the pamphlet out of his hands, turns it right side
0: <laughs> Yes. Yeah, he, he has definitely added quite a few moments to uh, uh, some of my favorite moments of the series as of so far. And I was really glad to see that Eve put him back together, kind of like he was the Scarecrow or the Tin Man. Uh, you know, put him back together at the end of the episode after he kind of blew up to affect uh, – to try and go after Kara because I didn't want to see him written off that fast. Yeah. So I was I was glad that they brought him back. But I mean while we're talking about it we can talk more about the the whole aspect of Kara and Lena heading the strikers because you know a lot of these clues that you're seeing like I'm so intrigued when I sit and I watch like Lena put the the chessboard together in a certain way to unlock it for Lex's diary, or the fact that the button to a secret area was hidden in a picture that he drew on the wall. Like, these are elements that show just... And Supergirl has gotten it so right of showing just how genius Lex Luthor really is.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, Lord. And I freaking love John Cryer, too. And I'm dying for more of him. But I love that they're actually, like, keeping him out of the actual camera but you could still feel him in the series
0: yeah he he is he's having that overarching or over under rather uh effect on everything that's going on like you can see even when he's not in the episode as you mentioned he's still affecting everything that is happening
1: I'm really enjoying what they're doing with Lena this season, too. The the past couple of seasons, she was just kind of like, I'm the genius, I'm the solution to this week's problem. And they're they're just, they're showing her human side. They're showing the flashbacks to being a child with Lex. They're showing how Lex just has this mental and emotional effect on her. And they're just, they're making her so much more human this season.
0: Yeah. I mean, and you bring up an interesting point, too, that, you know, she's been the smart one over the course of, you know, the past couple seasons. And with Lex's return, they're kind of showing her have to come to grips with the fact that she's not anymore. Yeah. And you're right. That definitely brings out some more humanity in Lena's character, which, yeah, I'm enjoying as well. I'm I'm waiting for the time in which Lena, and I think it's going to happen before the end of this season in which Lena no- finds out that Kara is Supergirl.
1: I'm kind of surprised that hadn't happened already, as smart as she is. Yeah, I I, I, I I expected it so much sooner than now.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, maybe they've been doing it for a reason as kind of like a big reveal. But, you know, Lex already knows. and But that's because Lex is a super genius. So he was able to figure it out extremely easily. A part of
1: me wonders if the big reveal is, is going to be she's known for quite a while and she just hasn't said
0: anything. That would be a pretty cool twist if that's the case. That I'd actually really enjoy seeing it if that's the way it happens. Uh, yeah. So I mean, other than that, that we, we talk a little bit. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about the the whole um, Alex and Ben Lockwood and uh, Brainy aspect of this because you know we see that Ben Lockwood comes into the DEO. He wants uh, weapons to stop Supergirl, and Alex and Colonel Haley. And I'm really liking seeing Colonel Haley kind of fall on the side of good. Because she was a character who was very, seemed very villainous when she came in. And the more and more we get of her, we can see where her loyalties lie. And her loyalties lie more with the good of the country than with the government that she follows.
1: Yeah, she started the season just kind of feeling like Amanda waller light, But uh, yeah, now they're, especially with the whole aspect of her daughter, they are making her more humanistic.
0: Yeah, I mean, she—it's more and more every week. She's turning into an ally of Alex and Kara, so it's—it's—it's it's, it's been fun seeing that transition of her character. We get more of that this week too, uh, you know, in which when Ben Lockwood tells her that they need to uh, call Supergirl to come to the DEO so that they can bring her in with those with the weapons they end up getting. You know, Colonel Haley knows that the signal on the watch that Alex gives her, one press for call, two presses is a trap. And she's even knowing that, she still uses it to make sure Supergirl does not come in. Because she knows that. That's, that's an interesting That's an
1: interesting aspect of her character too is that Alex told her, you know, you press it twice, you know, Alex knowing that twice is saying it's a trap. And then Haley's like, you think I'm stupid? I know, I know. I press it twice, she doesn't come. I press it once, she does. So I enjoy that aspect, too, that Haley clearly knows more than she lets on.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Excuse me. So really, the only thing left is we'll we'll talk a little bit about the brainy and neonal aspect of everything in that Uh, I have to say good for Nia because uh, there's that moment when Brainy comes to Nia and and says, you have to look forward. You have to dream of the future. So I know whether or not I have to do this and Nia, you know, throws it right directly in, in Brainy's face in that, you know, well, it's okay when you need it, but if I want to know about it, it's not. Uh, and it is, it's very hypocritical of Brainy to do that. It doesn't take away anything from Brainy's character because I, I feel like, you know he is very cyborgish, so he's. Of course, he's not really going to know. You know the the difference between those two situations without really thinking about it, uh, or over analyzing it. But, you know, it, it was just an interesting dynamic between these two characters, and I really want to see what they're building the connection between these two characters to be.
1: Oh man, I love Blaine so much, and yeah, I, I keep, I keep. Using this aspect on different characters, but then again, it goes back to them showing how he's not human, but he's kind of like becoming human. It was it was a theme earlier in the so when I was, I always was so lot early in the season. where He says I was always so logical, and now I'm letting emotions get in the way. And he's just kind of starting to under that more and more and more. Uh, he suffers from that tunnel vision of you know you want to do it, it's wrong, but I want to do it, it's for the betterment of everything
0: yeah yeah um <clears throat> interesting thing that I, I just thought of now i know that dreamer has a lot of you know uh, connections to the future where where brainy comes from and you know nia even knows that brain like that, that brainy knows about her and her descendants and such when it comes to how she is in the future but brainy won't tell her anything about it Do you think there's a chance that when Brainy returns to the future, Nia could go with him? And that's why he's not saying anything?
1: There could be that, or we could end up with a whole John Connor situation in that, I don't know, I don't know if it's possible that Brainy could be the father of, well, the, I don't know the right way to say it, but Brainy could be responsible for her descendants. I don't know how you word that, considering there's so many generations involved there, but... I,
0: you know what, I did be
1: the father of the, the great grandfather of the great granddaughter or so on and so forth.
0: Yeah, I didn't even really, you know what, I didn't even really think about the John Connor aspect of it in that he could potentially be the father of, uh, of, or, you know, or the grandfather of, you know, uh, of Nia's descendants, which would be very interesting if that's something that plays out that way.
1: You said it so much better than
0: I did. <laughs> Even I jumbled over it too. Uh, any final thoughts on Supergirl before we look to this week's episode? Uh, Brainy likes Mission Impossible. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I love when Brainy talks about like different pop culture references. They're always a lot of fun. Oh
1: man, he's I. So Wynn is
0: supposed to come back
1: next season, and I hope when he does, Brainy doesn't leave because I freaking love
0: Brainy. <laughs> I do too. Brainy, Brainy has been a fantastic character, and I've loved the dynamic when we got the two of them together last season. But yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping when Win returns next season that, that Brainy sticks around. No oh, man. So it'd be a lot of fun. Uh, looking forward to this next episode of Supergirl, uh, episode 19, American Dreamer. Dreamer becomes National City's protector while Kara works to clear Supergirl's name and gets into a showdown with Ben Lockwood. So, yeah, I mean, one of the things we forgot to talk about is that, yeah, we're going to see Kara kind of take a step back as Supergirl because she's going to focus more on being Kara since, you know, Supergirl is enemy number one at this point. Uh, public enemy number one, so she kind of has to hide her persona for a little while. And uh, uh, and I, I
1: just, I got to say this. He didn't come up so much, but I just have to say the phrase, President Tron. President <laughs>
0: Tron. Yes. Uh, and very interesting, too. One thing I didn't notice about next week's episode, it is directed by David Harewood. David Harewood taking his first crack at directing an episode of Supergirl.
1: That's cool. And And we did forget one thing. We did forget one thing. Uh, President Shrine gave Lockwood permission to fully deputize oh, uh, the yeah. Children of Liberty.
0: The Children of Liberty. So, yeah, so we're going to see. Uh, it's almost going to be kind of, I, I can see it kind of playing out almost sort of like martial law uh, in in the country now with the Agents of Liberty kind of taking things into their own hands. Because we did find out that Brainy did delete the uh, the registry of aliens by the end. And he is the only person with a copy of it in his brain.
1: Uh, martial law is already kind of in effect. They've established a curfew. That's true.
0: Yeah, so yeah, now we're going to see, like, Agents of Liberty, I guess, more of, like, a um, a National Guard aspect of, of the martial law. It's going to be interesting, but, you know, a couple more episodes left of the season before everything plays out. So. Yep. All right, next up, we have DC's Legends of Tomorrow, Season 4, Episode 12, The Eggplant, The Witch, and The Wardrobe, With Darkness on the Rise in 2019, the team realizes that a new host of problems have risen as they have been cleaning up history. Sarah tries to save Ava from a fate worse than death while battling her own demons. Nora and Constantine work together to take down a powerful demon. Meanwhile, Zari gets unsolicited advice from Mona, Charlie, and even Rory. Uh, And let me tell you, so many great Mick lines from this episode. Uh, Mick... I just... uh, Yeah, yeah, Mick has become, like, sort of a comic relief lately of the past couple episodes, and I'm totally fine with it.
1: I love when, uh, last episode, John used him as the vessel for, uh, (laughs) Frank's
0: ghost. Yeah. And he just tricked him into
1: the magic circle with a Playboy. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes. Yeah, Yeah, Mick has become, like I said, Mick has kind of become, like, a little comic relief as of this past, uh, these past couple episodes. But I'm, I'm totally fine with it because he does it so well. Uh, uh you know, I love when mean, I, I love
1: when, uh, I love when uh, all the girls are trying to help Zari. Like, here's what you need to say to to, to Nate, and they they read out the, t- the the text message, and it's just all emojis and nonsense. And Nick just trace something off the typewriter here, use words. And yeah. Zari it, reads it's it, erotic. And he looks at him.
0: I'm not gonna say bulge. <laughs> yes, I just love that he hands her the page, and he's like, it's erotic and yeah she looks at it i'm not saying bulge so yeah, he again uh, you know he's just become a, a great moments of levity when it comes to this series and i i hope we get more and more of that as we progress forward uh with the rest of the season i'm so happy we're still gonna get at least one more season of this show uh because we need it uh the the oh, one yeah
1: I'm- God. I love the show. It makes me laugh so much. It's, it's definitely the most fun of the of the four shows.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and one of the I want to touch on what we, we didn't have any feedback on Facebook for Supergirl, but there is one piece of feedback for uh, Legends of Tomorrow. And I actually want to get to that right now, because it, Rob and I have talked a little bit about this over the past couple weeks and. Uh, I, I just want to address it again. It, it comes from Michael, Fra- listener Michael Franks, and he says, "I don't know if it's just me, but I think the Legends of Tomorrow. I think Legends of Tomorrow has changed a lot from what it used to be. It's no longer a series about superheroes using their superpowers to save the day. It's more of a corny, goofy, and use, and the use of superpowers are pretty much gone. Uh, the action fight scenes are very elementary now. To me, the series has gotten away from what made the show so great." The very first season is still by far the absolute best season of the series. Here's hoping the show gets back to what made it great. Now, there's a couple of things to, to talk about in that, uh, that piece of comment. And that is, it is goofy. Uh, and this use of superpowers are pretty much gone, but as something that, you know, that I've mentioned over the past couple of weeks, and Rob has kind of agreed with me too. I actually think that is a strength of this show. Uh, you can't always rely on the superheroics, uh, you know, to build a character. You, you need, in order to become attached to characters and to learn to and to grow to love characters, you need character development. You know, you could have a Superman series and just have Superman come in and save the day with the superpowers, but you still need elements of Superman with as Clark Kent, you know, to build that character. And while, yes, we haven't gotten a lot of superheroics, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, there's one thing that we got that we've been waiting for for a while, and that's we got to see Nate steal up again for the first time in a while. And while it was just to stop a wrecking ball, we still got to see it. And, you know, with the exception of John Constantine using his abilities, we haven't seen many superheroics from the team. I'm okay with that. Because this has become more of a character piece, and the show is still just as much fun, even without the superheroics. I don't know what your take on that is.
1: Uh, I agree with you, and you brought up Superman. Um, there's, There's all these people in the world who don't like Superman because he's a Mary Sue. He's got powers for every situation. He's unbeatable. You have to make up Kryptonite just to be able to beat him in a story. And... My argument has always been: if you think that you don't understand Superman, the whole point of Superman is that he's basically a god, but as far as he's concerned, he's just a guy. Yeah, he, he's just a he's just a normal farm boy from Smallville. He just so happens to have these superpowers, and hey, I've got them. I want to use them for good. But the whole point is, he's Clark Kent. He just wants to live his life. He wants to save as many people as he can, but he just wants to be Clark Kent. He wants to have his family, as he does now in the comics, and that's kind of where this is going. I mean, you can't just—you can't always turn into a middleman and punch the problem away. Sometimes the problems are, you know, more human and emotional. Sometimes you like the girl and she likes you, and neither one of you can actually say a word about it. Yeah. Um, and then there's also the point that this—the—the the problem this season is magic. I don't know what being a good fighter or having a fire gun or being able to shrink or being able to turn into metal would really do against magic.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Um, yeah, but I mean, you, you know, you talking more about Superman. It's it's you know, it's one of the reasons why I. Did not like Man of Steel. And I've, I've made no bones about that. I've, I've said that many times on this podcast. I was not a fan of Man of Steel. And it's because, you know, other than the fact that it was dark, uh, and they completely changed the character of, the, of Superman. In addition to that, there really was no character development of, of Superman in that movie. Uh, you know, the. you look at, you know, shows like Smallville and, you know, Adventures of Superman and, you know, and even going back to Lois and Clark with Dean Kane and Terry Hatcher, you know, one of Superman's biggest character traits is that he, his vulnerability is the people that he's protecting. And Man of Steel completely ripped that away. Like, he had no vulnerability because there was a total disregard for everybody he was trying to protect. And that's one of my biggest problems with that. And that's why I think, like, a lot of people who want the super heroics and don't care about the character development loved Man of Steel and you know I think you know I think that you know getting back to Legends of Tomorrow that's one of the reasons why I love Legends of Tomorrow is because it's full of character development
1: and and another important reason to focus on the less super side of these characters like Sarah and Ava's relationship and the potential of Nate and Zara's relationship what are they fighting for you, you got to show what they're fighting for why they're doing what they're doing why it's so important that they fight and keep people safe
0: yeah i mean and, and not only that and I, I don't want to spend too much more time on this i want to actually talk about the episode a little bit um yeah you, you know but you know one of the other things about that too and this is kind of where i'll leave it off and, and that i'll let you wrap up anything if you have anything left to say about it but you know if you look at the marvel universe and i'm not going to talk about endgame at all you know going back to you know the the first avengers there's a line in that movie when you know captain america says to iron man you know take away the suit what are you um and tony stark you know makes the the joke you know he's a millionaire philanthropist um or billionaire philanthropist whatever he is you look at these characters these characters when you put these characters in a show called Legends of Tomorrow they are you're calling them physical you're calling them actual legends you need to set up characters that if they did not have their superpowers are still an asset to this team you know you don't want to create characters where if you rip away their superpowers they're totally useless because then you have useless characters Um, You know, so you have to set up these characters to be able to provide for their mission and whatever they're doing, even if they don't have their abilities. And that is what this show's strength really is, is that it has that ability to show and spotlight these characters that they are still assets to this team, even if they don't have the abilities that they have, or they're not using the abilities that they have. And that's pretty much the last I'll say on it. I don't know about, if you have anything.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't think I have anything else to add to that. Okay. You said it pretty well.
0: All right. Uh, let's talk about the actual episode. Uh, now that we got the feedback out of the way. Uh, yeah, so you, you, you touched on it a little bit, too. You know, we see the whole aspect of Sarah going into the uh, the Purgatory to rescue Ava because we know that that's where Niron has kind of sent Ava. He's he's shaping Ava up to be the next vessel for him. And in order to do that, he has to break her. So he sends her to Purgatory. And I love the fact, it's just another goofy element of this series, the fact that Purgatory is pretty much Ikea.
1: I... I what I'm about to say, I say it in the nicest way. (laughs) With, with all intentions of love. I, I love how stupid this show is. (laughs) Purgatory is a freaking Costco. Yeah. (laughs) I just, I love that they take, like you, you know, any other show, Purgatory is going to be like somebody's marriage falling apart. They're going to see, you know, the kids no longer care about them. Their life is splitting apart. Ava's, Ava's personal purgatory is just Costco. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just love how they take general, the, like you know, big cliche plot points and completely reinvent them and turn them on their head.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I and mean, seeing uh, you know Gary in there as as the. You know, <laughs> I forgot Gary as one of the, the employees of the Costco uh, Costco slash IKEA slash Target, whatever it is. It's pretty much everything. It's it's retail hell uh, is, is what it is. And I love the fact that in order for them to progress forward through this, they need to put together a wardrobe uh, very akin to IKEA. And anybody who has tried to put one of those things together, uh, I can tell you that is a physical embodiment of hell. Uh, so- I, just,
1: I just remembered something. I just remembered something, and I don't know if they did this on purpose. Uh, do you remember, was it, it was either the beginning of season two or season three where the legends are kind of, you know, the mission's over. They split up. They're doing their own thing. And uh, Sarah is working in just like a department store.
0: I don't remember that.
1: Yeah, she was, uh, she got in trouble for, like, throwing knives. Like, she got bored and started throwing knives. Oh, that's, that's and when her right. And when her manager called her out, on he, she, like, imagined slitting his throat.
0: Yeah, that's right. I do remember that now. So, yeah, this is the second time department store has come up as, uh, as hell. So, but, yeah, I mean, you know, going into the character development of these characters, it's... Uh, you know, I love the fact that in order for them to get through purgatory, for them to escape purgatory together, they literally have to face one of the biggest challenges in their life right now. And that's their relationship. You know, they're, they're not facing an actual demon to get out of hell, the, uh, you know, uh, to get out of purgatory. They're facing their fears, which right now is their relationship. You know, choosing a mattress as the length of time they plan to be together, uh, the challenges of, you know, doing dishes together and things like that. These are things that everybody, you know, as well, you know, as as many other people do. These are challenges that come with long term relationships and marriage.
1: Uh, I can I can relate to to, uh, to Sarah a little bit in the whole choosing a mattress thing, because it's kind of what me and my wife do. My, my wife puts a lot of thought into it. We're going to have this for a while. It's got to be comfortable. Blah, blah, blah. I'm sl- can I sleep on it? Let's get that one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, $600, that's ridiculous. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's fun to watch these things, um, you know, play out the way that they do because they are, they're very distinct to the characters that they're that they're in. I mean, it would have been very easy for the writers to throw them into purgatory and have them fight a demon together and, you know, work together to, to defeat this demon in order to escape. But the fact that they made it about their relationship... It just becomes so much more about the character than just the challenge, but while still being the challenge. And it's just been something so strong that this show does.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Like I said, I love how they take the cliches and they turn them on their head.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think the only really other thing to talk about is, you know, we, we see also happening in this episode is uh you know Nora coming into play and really teaming up you know it's it's revealed now to everybody including to Nate that Nora did not kill Hank Neron was the one that did it and they now have Neron trapped on uh, I, I believe it, he's in the way was he in the wave rider or was he at the uh
1: he was in the wave rider because they had the force field and every well i don't know he might have been in the time bureau I, I think, I think he was, was in the time
0: yes yeah i think he was i guess he time- was in the time bureau i think he's in the time bureau um yeah you know but one of the things that like i did kind of call was i didn't see nora turning uh to Niron and and joining him uh i kind of saw that as a potential dark horse with him and constant with her and constantine uh you know so when she says now and constantine's up and he's his hands are on fire and they they've got him trapped it's um i kind of called that coming but it still played out extremely well
1: i actually didn't see that one coming usually i'm able to like call the solution to these conflicts pretty quick but yeah that one i actually thought for a second she she might be turning but uh no i love the way that played out
0: yeah i am too um and you know, by the end of this whole thing, you know, we see Niron kind of... You know, we see Dez escape. Or we see we see them drag Neuron out of Dez. Uh, and, you know, he he has escaped. And we'll get to, at the very end of the episode, where Neuron is now. Uh, which I'm very curious to see how this whole thing is going to play out. But, you know, we see Nora is kind of, you know, uh, uh, down for the count at the moment. And at the same time, we get this really really heartbreaking moment between John and Dez in, you know, John has the ability to erase Dez's memory uh, of everything that has happened, of being possessed by Neron, and, you know, having to be saved by John. But, you know, he turns him down and he says, no, you know, you sent me to hell. This is something that both of us are going to have to to live with. And you can kind of see John is kind of, he's broken about this. I think there are legit yeah. tears in his eyes at this moment. I'm kinda
1: I'm kinda disagreeing with Des. I think I think if there's one thing I would want to forget, it's being in hell. Well Yeah, I, I think I, that's that's just, just me going off on a tangent, but No, I, I, guess, aggr- yeah, I would I agree with you. I would have I would have had that erased.
0: <laughs> yeah. I agree with you. I, I would have been the same way. I would have been like, yeah, get that shit out of my memory right now. I do not want to remember going to hell. Um, I think it's more he's doing this as punishment to John more than anything else.
1: Um, but yeah, going back to what you were saying, and again, I keep bringing this up. It's one of my favorite things they do to superheroes is when they show the more, the less, you know, superpowered, more humanistic side of them. They, you know, John is usually this very stuck in his own head, reserved. I, you know, I don't love people that way, I don't have to lose them. Uh, but then they show he actually did care about somebody at some point and it's it's tearing him up inside that he wasn't able to take care of him.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For certain. Um, yeah, so I mean, so uh, before we touch on where Neuron has gone now, uh, the only other thing I really want to kind of touch on a little bit is the whole Nate aspect of the episode because, you know, we're seeing Nate come to grips, uh, come, more, come more to grips with everything that Hank was going through in actually beginning construction on this theme park which to me seemed i don't know why seemed very reminiscent of jurassic park uh you know Uh,
1: they they even made a uh they even made a uh, joke about that i think nate called it germagic park yeah
0: germagic park um and and it did it it definitely had that feel to it which uh, i really enjoyed but yeah i mean we're seeing him come to grips with the fact of of who nate really was and while he was doing some things that weren't exactly kosher he was doing them for the good of uh you know for the good of nate and uh trying to be a good person about what he was doing and we now we see by the end of this that it seems like nate is going to i guess keep the dream alive a little bit
1: i'm i'm curious how well that's going to go over with certain other characters
0: yeah, <clears throat> especially Gary with a Unicorn Park, with a Unicorn <laughs> Rodeo.
1: Oh, I so want to see a scene now where Gary's at a petting zoo trying to overcome his fear of the Unicorn.
0: <laughs> that would be fantastic. That would be so great if that happens. Uh, oh, and
1: just, just to touch back on the whole Zari thing for a second, too. I love the whole, like, uh, the whole reason that nate misses her text message is because he was catching a wrecking ball and it broke his phone yeah i i think it's just it's such a great
0: superhero twist on everything i think the two of them have to i i think they're i think they're a good pairing um you know so i i, I would very much enjoy to see where that could go between the two of those characters I,
1: I don't i don't ship i usually hate shipping it just kind of it kind of drives me crazy but i'm shipping those two so
0: hard yeah you know? it, it, it's it's i think it's appropriate i think it's i think it's worthwhile i think it's good i think it's good to happen uh yeah i think the only thing really left to talk about is where Neron ends up at the end of that episode and that's inside of ray and
1: i did not see that coming
0: I didn't either, but the more I think about it, you know, Ray is the one that's responsible for Neron escaping. Because, you know, Nora and John had their plan uh to to capture Neron and send him back. And Ray kind of bursts in and, and interrupts that. Uh, and it is kind of a weakness of Ray's, is that he you know, he he wants to protect Nora. And I think Neron kind of fed on that. He saw an opportunity to 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 feed on that fear of Ray's, and that's how he ends up inside of Ray by the end of the episode.
1: Uh, his Ray's caring for uh, for Nora is kind of my one concern with this this whole story twist. In that, I, I'm kind of afraid that, and we'll we'll get into this in the flash in a minute. Uh, that's how they'll beat Neron. I'm afraid that Neron will have uh, Nora dead to rights, and Ray was like, "No, I love her. I'm overcoming you." And so okay, I, uh, I kind of want it to be a bigger. I kind of want it to be a bigger action set piece than that when they be near on.
0: Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we only have, uh, how many episodes do we have left in this season? We have, let's see. Three or four. We have four more episodes of this season. Yep. Um, uh, but that leads us to next week's episode, uh, which I love the title, is Egg Egg McGuffin. Uh, while Ray is worried about Nora, he, he is suddenly faced with his own problem that forces him to do the unthinkable. So yeah, we're going to talk more about that. Looks like Sarah's is going to be sending Nate and Zari on a easy mission together. So it looks like Sarah might be shipping them together as well. Uh, so it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see where it, uh, where it goes. All right, let's talk about... Arrow, Season 7, Episode 19, titled Spartan. After the Ninth Circle delivers a major setback for Team Arrow, Diggle reluctantly reaches out to a four-star general of the Defense Intelligence, a- of the, uh, Defense Intelligence Agency for help, despite unresolved tension from their past. Meanwhile, uh, meanwhile Oliver discovers a piece of information that he believes will turn Emiko against the Ninth Circle. Uh, Alina returns with an interesting proposal for Felicity. So a couple things to break down in this episode rob and i had talked earlier uh, a couple weeks ago about how uh archer was the system that uh you know that they're dealing with in the future and we were kind of wrong about that because now the archer that we thought was in the present day is not the archer of the present or of the future because that archer has been destroyed so most likely it's probably going to be whatever this new system they're going to develop is
1: it's, it's, it's making me laugh a little bit because um, Archer is basically just the machine from Person of Interest. And those two, uh, Felicity and I can't remember the other girl's name, but the girl from Helix, they met through Michael Emerson
0: from Person of Interest. Yeah, that's Alina. Um, is the Alina. Char- yeah, uh, the character that comes back. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's weird that they're doing a, it again. This episode was better than the last couple. But it still seems like there's still elements of this episode right now where the writers are kind of scrambling to put some final pieces of of things back together and wrap up storylines before this season wraps up. Because in essence, I really do believe while we are getting 10 episodes next season, I really do believe this is technically kind of the final season of Arrow. Because I feel like next season is going to be more prep for Crisis on Infinite Earths.
1: Yeah, it's going to be like, I feel like next season is going to be issue zero of Crisis.
0: Yeah, I, I really do feel that way. I feel like next season is going to be a truncated back, you know, a truncated story that's going to basically play out while they're, you know, for maybe the first four or five episodes of the season, maybe six episodes of the season while they're preparing for Crisis. And then the last couple episodes are going to be leading up to Crisis. So i really do feel like while we are getting those 10 episodes this is the final season of arrow so the writers are kind of scrambling to wrap up a lot of these storylines uh you know and you know we got the whole thing with archer now and I- i'm gonna i'm gonna jump right into my biggest complaint about this episode if that's all right yeah go uh, um one of the things that Rob and I have had issue with when it comes to the season is that we don't know who the big bad is of the season. It was led into being one person. And then now it turned out to be, uh, you know, it was leading into Dante was the, was the big bad of the season. And now Dante is dead. Who is the big bad of this season? Is it Emiko? Is it somebody else? Or is it just, or is there not really a big bad of the season? I have no idea.
1: Uh, I, I said quite a few episodes back in a comment. Maybe there's no central big bad. Maybe it's a central conflict because there was the whole anti vigilante thing, and then now that's out the window. So I I don't know.
0: Yeah, I and that's the thing. That is my still to my biggest complaint of this season is I, I don't know. I'm so confused as to who the big bad is, and we should know by this point. I mean, we, we are on episode 19 of the season. There are literally three episodes left of the season. We should know who the big bad is at this point.
1: Well, I, I swear if the, the final episode ends with the monitor showing up and saying, surprise, this was all a test to prepare you to see if that deal we made is something we can do. I'm going to be so upset. Oh, I
0: fully I fully expect the monitor to show up. I expect that,
1: too, but, like, if, if he's just behind this just to test Ollie, and there was no actual villain, it was all just kind of to play in the next season, that just,
0: that's weak tea. Yeah, I mean, you could say, you know, Emiko in the ninth circle are, you know, the big bad of the season, which is definitely a possibility. You could even say that, you know, It's just the Ninth Circle and Emiko is going to be kind of redeemed and help Oliver in defeating the Ninth Circle. You could say that. Uh, At this point in time, those are the only two options I can foresee.
1: I hope it's not the Ninth Circle, though. because We already had that. The the League of Assassins.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I don't know. The Ninth Circle... I'm the nice just circle
1: just kind of feels like discount league of assassins to me.
0: Yeah. I'm just I'm really confused. I mean, when they killed, uh, when they killed Dante, when Emiko killed Dante at the end of the season, I, my head nearly exploded. Uh, at trying, even,
1: to, even in flash where I'm even in flash where I'm not a hundred percent certain who's the villain of the season. I'm still kind of certain. And yeah, an arrow. I just, I don't know. I don't have any kind of clue or idea or fan theory or anything. Yeah,
0: I I don't know. I'm just confused. I mean, and maybe there are listeners out there, you know, there are listeners that are listening right now who know who the big bad is and we're just completely oblivious to it. And if that's the case, please let us know. uh, Because my brain is just so clouded from this show this season that I'm just not... If there are clues and they're obvious, I'm, I'm missing them. I'm missing them completely. So, um... Let's talk a little bit about the Spartan aspect because that is the a that is the a plot of this episode. And man, I, I have met Ernie Hudson before, and while he was kind of a dick when we when we met him, because uh, we didn't meet him at a con, we met him at a actually outside of a con. So, and if you ever want a real gauge as to how a celebrity is in real life, meet them outside of a con. Because at con they put at cons they put on happy faces because they're making money so they have to smile and be nice and genuine to everybody. If you really want a true gauge of a person, meet them outside of a con. Uh, if you if you not I'm not saying go stalk somebody outside of a convention just to meet them, but <laughs> if you happen to meet them outside of a con, that is a true gauge of how they were. And Ernie Hudson was kind of a dick when 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 I met him, but. Um, you know, but that's not to say I don't love seeing him pop up in things because I'm still a fan from like Ghostbusters and things like that. And I I think I think it was pretty obvious the the role that he was going to play when it came into relation to John to Diggle. Uh, we knew he was probably going to be some kind of father figure. And it turns out anybody who thought that was sort of right. He is indeed his stepfather. So.
1: Uh, we have to point out real quick too the whole John Stewart
0: yes. thing that everybody's
1: freaking out over online.
0: Yes, and and just just
1: another allusion to John possibly being Green Lantern.
0: And and you know what? And that is the writers literally toying with the fans. That's all it is—is is, you know by giving that was funny. giving him the last name Stuart, Because I had friends like I had a friend who posted online and oh, Desa, I'm sorry if you're listening uh, to poke fun at you a little bit. But I I even commented back. She commented and she said, "I can't wait to watch this episode. We're possibly going to get a John Diggle spinoff, or John Diggle's going to become the become the Green Lantern." And I just posted back. I'm like, "No, none of these things are happening. Please stop." He's not getting a spin-off. He's not going to become the Green Lantern. It is literally the writers just toying with you. And that's exactly what it is. I mean, if, if we see David Ramsey take up the mantle of Green Lantern, the only possible way that's going to happen is if we see it during crisis.
1: Yeah, I'm expecting like Earth 99 Diggle to show up, and he's like, "My name is John Stewart Diggle, Stewart's old name. And he's a Green Lantern. I, that's I kind of honestly expect that to happen in Crisis. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't. I don't think it's going to happen any other way.
0: No. I, if if we see it at all, it's going to happen during Crisis. And you know what? That's the way it should be. That's absolutely the way it should be. I mean, because we got that tease with John Wesley Ship when he said, "Oh, John, you're not wearing your ring." Like, I, like we got the tease that he does exist somewhere in the multiverse. And if we're going to see it, it's going to be during Crisis. Um. God, I'm having trouble just putting this episode together, as I usually do, because, again, there's not really, you know, we we find out, I I think, uh, the only other, I'm going to mention one more thing about the episode, and then if there's anything that you want to fill in the gaps about, Um, you know, we're finding out, you know, that Connor Hawk in the future is indeed the adopted son of John Diggle, Uh, but we do find out something very important this episode in that JJ, uh, John Diggle's real son, it seems to be more on the side of bad and he's on the side of crime in the future and that he is the leader yeah, of the Deathstroke I kind was of surprised gang. by that one yeah.
1: that one surprised me a lot
0: yeah he's the leader of the I, Deathstroke I, I do gang.
1: enjoy I do enjoy too that you know Deathstroke has now become a gang which is you know kind of a recurring theme in the DC comics like the Joker as the Joker's gang it happens with quite a few villains I thought that was a nice little touch
0: well, not only that, but you know, we're getting the Deathstroke gang, but we also, we also got the Canaries, you know. So they were a group as well in the future. So it's 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 going to be. I can see definitely what they're building to when it comes to the flash forwards. You know, with those helmets, uh, with Archer built in, and you know, being able and basically creating an army of super soldiers when it comes to. Um, you know when it comes to that i can see where they're going with that but when it comes to the present man i still just can't put it together with what arrow is 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 drawing to i hope i'm surprised but i right now i, I just can't good. see it yeah right now i just can't see it uh anything else about the episode that that you want to bring up that maybe i'm just forgetting i'm sure there's uh...
1: something like Nothing I could really think of. Uh, it was, was kind of neat to see that Stewart's a little more... He's clever. Like, he used a shoelace to get out of the zip tie. He used the stun gun to recharge the helmet. So, you know, he's resourceful and clever and MacGyver-like. Yeah. Uh, that was neat. But, no, like I said earlier, I didn't hate it.
0: Yeah, and, and that's kind of where I am, too. Like, it's... It, I... You know, I was a mid to high hero on this one, and it's basically just because I'm kind of (laughs) second-guessing by now. I'm going to just kind of lower it to a mid hero. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. So that's kind of where I stand. If if we forgot anything, please let us know uh, in feedback sections or on posts and messaging on Facebook and such. But uh, looking forward to next week, we have Confessions. And again, three episodes left of the season Uh, next week and then the following two. Uh, When uh, episode Confessions, when they learn of an upcoming attack on the city, Team Arrow calls Roy Harper to call them uh, to call them stop. Wow, they worded this wrong. To help them stop the Ninth Circle. Uh, Things do go awry and there's massive collateral damage. Dinah investigates what happens. So it looks like we're going to see present day Roy come back into play this season. And when you say things like there's massive collateral damage... I, that to me sounds like death of a character.
1: I'm cautiously interested in this episode. Uh,
0: yeah. I, I mean, you know, we know it's going to be interesting because we know, obviously it's not going to be Oliver. We know it's not going to be wild dog. Cause we see him in the future. If there is it, if there is indeed a death, Dinah is seen in the future. Um, Laurel is seen in the future. Roy is seen in the future. Uh, If it's Emiko, I will be blown away, uh, because then I will be royally confused as to what the hell this season is doing. Um, The only two people I can see potentially being are maybe Diggle or Felicity, but we know it's not Felicity because we see her in the future as well. So I don't know. They can't kill Diggle. They can't kill Diggle because we don't know how Connor and we because yet we don't know how Connor becomes his adopted son. So a, a massive collateral damage must not be a death.
1: Yeah, because everybody's kind of spoken for.
0: Yeah, unless it's Emiko.
1: Since, since we're on that subject, though, I do just want to touch on this one thing that I have. As a, I have a problem with it in the series as a whole is the flash forwards, because it lowers the stakes in a big way. Yeah. yeah. Like, you, like you were saying, like could it possibly be a death? And then we just counted off. No, nobody's gonna die. Everybody showed up in the future. They can't die.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good point. In that, yeah, it, you're right. It does kind of take away. You're right. It reduces the stakes because we know who's gonna survive already. So you can't have this massive cliffhanger at the end of the season of like, oh, like like we did at the end of season five of who lives and who dies. uh You know, with the the explosion of Leon U, because we already know. We already know who we're gonna see in the future. Have we seen Lila in the future? Oh, you know what? We haven't.
1: Maybe she dies and the monitor uses her as Harbinger. That
0: that would be interesting. That would be an I interesting know, play event. I don't know. Random I, I, plot idea I had. I, I think there's potential it could be Emiko, because, again, we're not seeing Emiko in any of the future flash forwards. So, but that's not to say that she's just not off somewhere else. I mean, who knows? Who knows what it's going to play out. We're just going to have to wait and see. Uh, all right. That being said, let us talk about the final show of the week. That being Flash Season uh, season 5, Episode 19, Snowpack. Caitlin must resolve her relationship with her mother when Icicle returns to enact the next phase of his devious plan. Iris takes matters into her own hands after Barry makes a decision about their family without consulting her. Right away, I want to jump right into the start of this episode. With the whole argument between Iris and Barry, because man, that was some fantastic acting from Grant. I'm not gonna lie, that
1: was amazing. That, you could just feel how hurt and devastated he yeah,
0: was. Yes, he he played that and acted that out magnificently. And it, man, I like from the start of that episode and the start of that argument, I felt betrayed the same way he did. That's how well he acted that scene. And I just, it, it's, it's, it, it, well done, Grant. That was fantastic acting on his part. And it just goes to show you why he is the, the, the show, the front runner of that show. Like he, he is the one that carries that show.
1: That's one of my favorite things too. They do in anything is when like the nice guy, who's always the nicest guy. He's good to everybody. He's friendly. He's happy. When he finally has that breaking moment and he just goes off. I love it when they do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but we see it drives kind of a wedge between, you know, it sets up perfectly how it drives a wedge between Barry and Iris in that, you know, Iris goes off and does her own thing. She she knows that Barry sent Nora uh, home into the future. Uh, and, you know, it causes Iris to kind of take the time ship that Eobard had and you, with... uh uh, with Ralph's help, go into the future to talk to Nora. And it's a very interesting play of events because Nora is face to face again yet with Eobard. Uh, and we're seeing a dark turn in Nora, which leads me to believe something we've kind of hypothesized is there potential that Nora is the true big bad of this season? What are your that thoughts on that?
1: Sounds cool. I, I didn't. I didn't think about that until you just brought it up. That's that's a very interesting thing. Uh, because I mean, it's kind of it's it's breaking my head a little bit to think about it, but I
0: kind of want it because I love the idea of it's something that's never really been explored in, um, you know, it's never it's something that's never really been explored in this in this in the series yet, and we finally got it. This episode is that's negative speed force. Which is what Eobard has been using. And it's most likely the thing that has caused Eobard to be the person that he is. Is that, That's what he's been using uh, this whole time. It's why he is the person that he is. And we're seeing Nora use it for the first time. And we kind of get those glimpses into the past and things that have happened as she's running through it, uh, you know, of, Nor- of Barry sending her back and confronting her, uh, of her back being broken, of her fighting Barry when she was under control of another metahuman. We're seeing all these different elements that are kind of feeding negativity into her, and when she does arrive back in the present time, she's got those glowing red eyes. She is full of negative energy at this point. She's kind of like, if anybody's ever seen Scott Pilgrim, she is Neganora at this point. <laughs> and I think there's a good potential that you know, it. she could be the true villain, the true big bad of this season. I think she's, obvi- I think very obviously she's going to be rescued and redeemed by the end. But everything that's played out in this season with Nora coming to the future with Barry uh you know sending her back with Eabard being in place and and helping her kind of like a mentor and I really do believe what Ira said and that Eabard truly does care about her uh you know the same way he did Barry when he was there in back in season 1 I, I think we're going to get her redeemed, but I think just the same way that how Lex was the underlying plot of everything, he's kind of had a hand in everything that has built up to what's going on in Supergirl. I kind of feel the same way about Nora in the flash in that she has kind she has very much so had a hand in everything that has happened from, you know, the second cicada, you know, and, and to the, the cicada of the future coming back to the past and everything. She's been a part of everything. And now she's in this position where she is now, where she's filled with this negativity and hate. I really do believe she could be the big bad of the season.
1: Oh, man. I, I want that so bad. And I can't wait to see the inevitable conflict between her and Barry, too.
0: I, I yeah.
1: When when she ran back in time. Well, no, they said she came to 2018, didn't, didn't they? They said she or 19. They said she came back to the present. They just didn't know where she was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She came, I, she I came back that, to that time.
1: Yeah. I swear that street that she came out on with all the leaves blowing, that looked like a, a lot like the scene you always see before we see Thawne killing Nora, uh, Barry's mother. So I wondered if she was going back to that.
0: Oh, I didn't but even... But that might have just been... You know,
1: I that might have just been my mistake.
0: No, I, there could be some potential to that. There could be... You're absolutely right. I mean, we're seeing leaves blowing kind of like it's autumn. So I maybe she didn't go back to present day maybe she went back to kind of maybe prevent eobard from killing his mom because i mean the reason why barry feels so betrayed by what nora did is more because of his hatred for eobard so if she went back to erase that hatred By preventing Iabard from doing the one thing that caused Barry to hate Iabard as much as he did, which is killing his mother, maybe she feels like that could erase that hatred that Barry that that betrayal that Barry feels towards her. That'd be interesting. That's a good very interesting. That's a good observation, Chad. That's really that's I didn't even think about that. So I don't know. It's it there's so many different possibilities from where for where this show could go at this point that I really don't know what um what what's going to play out and it's going to be interesting to think about now uh, going forward like i'm legitimately waiting to <laughs> i legitimately can't wait for this week's episode now because i want to see what it is i mean i i've seen images of next week's episode and i know there are images of of Barry and Nora together uh but that could be anything i mean she could still be filled with that negative energy and playing it up you know we we've seen villains hide in plain sight in other seasons of other shows before too so you know it's going to be interesting but looking at the cast of next week's episode we're seeing a couple returning characters we're seeing the weather witch return we're seeing ragdoll return and we're seeing bug-eyed bandit return so the past could definitely play a part into this or we're just gonna Bug-eyed bandit yeah yeah brie larvin wow i forgot about her Um, Yeah, Emily Kinney Emily Kinney is returning. So, man, I don't know. I
1: I hope they do more with Ragdoll than they did in his
0: episode. You know what, though? I really liked that Ragdoll episode. It was cool. I just feel like they
1: didn't do enough with him. I I wanted to see him in a few more scenes.
0: Yeah, because Troy James was like perfect casting for... He was so freaking creepy. I, I don't know if you saw um hellboy the new hellboy yet not um, yet i
1: want to but
0: there is a character in hellboy uh of the baba yaga and it does very similar things i like taught work like, does that contortion and everything and i just remember like being in the theater watching and just be like man that's like some troy james type shit and lo and behold it was troy james playing the baba yaga so, like, I, I, am actually, oh, cool. yeah, I'm excited to see Ragdoll return now because I, I just think Troy James was perfect casting for that role.
1: It sounds like he's gonna be the next Doug Jones.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the B story. Uh, I think we talked, we got a lot of the A story, uh, flushed out, uh, but you know, there's still the whole element of uh, Killer Frost and Icicle and Danielle's mom. And that device, which I'm a little confused about uh, because I don't remember exactly what it does.
1: I just called it a bath modad. It's it's just the the next thing that the bad guy
0: needs. Yeah, and that's pretty much exactly (laughs) what it is, too. uh, Because, you know, we see that's what Cicada 2 wants.
1: Oh, no, I remember what they said it does uh, because this it kind of confused me because of the potential of this machine. Uh, so you remember in season three of Supergirl, season two, wh- whichever one had the the uh, dexamites and they laced the uh, they laced the atmosphere with lead. Yes, the way they described that machine, it basically does that, but with ice.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, so that was okay. That was how icicle was going to kind of like yeah, I, was, I guess run gonna, the city.
1: He was going to turn Central City into a to a new Ice Age. Yeah. Okay, that's right. I do remember that
0: now. My my curious my curiosity now plays in what the hell does Cicada want with that? I, I don't know, and I well no I did I have a thought.
1: Okay, I did have a thought. Obviously, uh, Grace, present day Grace, has to live for future Grace to uh, to exist. She cannot be cured, otherwise Cicada too ceases to exist. My guess is she hides her away somewhere in like cryogenic stasis. Because huh. that's that's one of the big concerns I have with uh, with Cicada Two as the villain is that in theory she's very easily beatable. You just cure Grace in the present, and she ceases to exist.
0: But so, but doesn't cryogenic stasis also kind of prevent you from aging? Uh, it it
1: does, but I'm sure they'll come up with some sort of excuse. Uh,
0: I I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how it's going to play out. It, it's it's going to be interesting. I just don't know what what the purpose of that machine. But I guess we'll find out soon enough uh, because again, there's only a couple episodes left of this season. We're you know we're hitting endgame for a majority of actually all of these shows. Not a majority. We're hitting endgame for all of them. So it's it, just teasing it, me now. What's that? I'm just teasing you. <laughs> You're just teasing me now. You're gonna see it in a couple hours. You're good. Um <laughs> Yeah, so it, it we'll see how it plays out. I've been using the term "end game" for these shows for a while now. It's not just teasing you for that. uh <laughs> Yeah, so it, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But yeah, talking a little bit more, what you said, you weren't too crazy about that that B plot. What was your What was your biggest issue with it? It It wasn't so much the plot as
1: a whole as how it was resolved. Uh, the whole, like, you know, I'm kidnapping my daughter, I'm turning you into the same villain I am, doing it with my wife, too. It's kind of standard, rote, comic book villain motivation. You know, that's that's fine. It, it was how that entire thing ended, how Icicle, or as I, I called in the entire episode, Cold Miser, because <laughs> the entire time I watched that, all I could do was flashback the year without a Santa Claus. So that's exactly what he looked like. That uh, uh, Cold Miser, that's
0: fantastic.
1: He had Caitlin he had he had uh, killer frost no he actually disabled Killer Frost and he had Caitlin dead to rights and then all of a sudden, what was her dad's name, Thomas? Um oh, you know I, I oh god what, I wanna I wanna say Thomas. Oh, I'm just gonna roll with Thomas just for the sake of telling the story. Uh but you know it he has got her dead to rights and all of a sudden his ice knife falls and he kinda freezes and he's oh 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 and he turns back into Thomas and Thomas is just like I you know, I couldn't let him hurt my little girl and they just kinda of poured hugs on the problem and solved it. And the worst part the worst part was that he said, You know what? I think my transformation back to human is permanent. Like they, they didn't do anything to actually cure him. He's just basically Bruce Banner is stronger than the whole. They just <laughs> kinda of pulled back.
0: Yeah, that that kinda of what it is. That kinda of what it was. And it, I mean it, and then it you- was just it was is very hokey and kind
1: of disappointing
0: and then you get the whole as soon as he's done and the, they get the happy moment between everybody the moment cicada 2 shows up uh, in the back of my mind I'm like well he's a dead man or like somebody's yeah. a dead man and that's exactly how it plays out in that Thomas is the sacrifice to save to save Caitlin's life which good on him I mean it's a it's a way to wrap up that character's story and by protecting his daughter but You're right. It was very predictable.
1: So So if the DC Universe has taught me one thing, it's that if you have children who are superheroes and your name is Martha or Thomas, bad things are going to happen to you.
0: (laughs) I didn't even put together the Thomas aspect of it. Martha would have been an obvious choice. Uh, But yeah, I didn't even think about the Thomas part of it. Uh, So anything else on this episode before I read back some some feedback and uh, we get ready to wrap things up?
1: I'm really liking having Tom Cavanaugh as uh, reverse flash again, man. He, the, I, I, I can't remember his name from legends and from like the true form of, uh, of Eobard Thawne, but Cavanaugh as reverse flash, just his whole, the way he says that run, Barry run, run, Nora run.
0: Oh, Rick Cosman. The, the delivers.
1: Actor. Yes. Yeah. Just the way he delivers his lines as Thawne, It's just so bone chilling. And I'm with you. I agree that he actually does care about Nora, but clearly he has some sort of ulterior motive, and he's just so perfectly complex as a character.
0: And, and I've said this multiple times. Kavanaugh is one of the true hearts of this show. Uh, it doesn't matter what character he's playing. He is one of the backbones of the show. Him and Jesse L. Martin, to me, are the heart of this series. Uh, I don't think this show would be the same if it, it the show would would suffer without one of them, but without both of them, this show would not be the same. uh You know, and I, I'm loving seeing him. I, I am in complete agreement. I'm loving seeing him portray Eobard again because I loved Eobard. Eobard, A.K.A. Reverse Flash, is one of my favorite villains of this series, still to this day. Uh, Absolutely. And I kind of felt heartbroken a little bit for Sherlock this episode. You know, because they're still against him for keeping it a secret, and you know, well, yes, it wasn't right of him to do that. It it was his character; like he was just doing his job.
1: That, that's something else I thought of in this episode. There was that. It seemed like it was going to show up again later. There was his love interest, who he's been married to seven times on seven different worlds. Oh yeah, and he, you know, he ran into this Earth one
0: version, and she supposedly has powers. Is she going to show up again? Yeah, that's a good point. We haven't seen her yet. We haven't seen her again since that episode. So, yeah, I guess it's it's another wait-and-see aspect of this show uh, is whether or not she's going to show up again, too. And, I mean, you know, just going into how great Kavanaugh is on this series and how well he plays, you know, you look back to uh, two seasons ago when everybody was assuming it was going to be Iris that died and it turned out to be HR. That was killed. Oh. I, I was more heartbroken over HR dying than I ever would have been. Iris.
1: Oh man, I miss HR so much.
0: HR was a character that I didn't like at first, but really grew on me, and I loved him oh, by I the love end. Him. Makes me want to go back. Maybe and they'll bring him
1: it. back some way, and maybe they'll find some way to bring him back for a second in uh, in Crisis. Maybe just I, for a second. Yeah. Just 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 give him one scene. That's all I want.
0: Yeah. Uh so just a couple. Uh, elements of feedback and then we can wrap things up with the reviews uh lauren adorosio i apologize if i pronounced that wrong Uh, i have to point out i have to point this out that seemed interesting to me has anyone but me think that when ralph was looking at eobard in the eyes it looked like they have some kind of connection somehow i don't know what it just looked like that to me um i think that was probably just coincidence i I think that might have just been the way I don't think there's any kind of connection between the two characters
1: i think it was just kind of a handle electric scene. i think ralph was freaked out by you know being face to face with Phone and thawne just kind of enjoyed it
0: yeah that, yeah i would chalk that up too uh michael frank says best series in all of the cwdc tv universe i love the flash joy m winstead it was very good i kept thinking snow wars would have been a better title and yeah i'm with you on that one instead of snowpack snow wars would have been good too uh, and then our buddy Mark Kirkman over at uh, Panels to Pixels, which is another ca- which is another podcast here on Next Level. Uh, now, that was interesting. Love the Flash, as I always do, as well as the podcast. Just seeing Caitlin being saved by her father was a lot to take in. Nora at the end was a little questioning of where this will go, but I'm happy with where they are going with this. We are slowly getting to crisis with this series for next season. Something has to happen at the end to create that crisis, and I'm on the edge of my seat waiting for it to happen. Uh, I don't know. I, it's potential. I, I Rob and I were talking a little bit yeah. about this last week. That I think there's a lot of potential. it's rap some way this season with a hint towards crisis for next year.
1: I would I would think you'd have to considering it's crisis.
0: Yeah, um, I I could see them on, monitor. The, on the note
1: though. One, Go ahead. One one thing occurred to me. We saw we saw um, Nora see the video message from. From Barry, that was probably during crisis. Um, Clearly, the I I think I think it's been established that crisis is not yet in 2019. Like it's been pushed closer, but obviously it will happen in 2019. Do you think uh, Iris is going to get pregnant the end of this season, early next season? Um,
0: I don't know. That's a good point because
1: well. I mean, we're pretty sure Barry's not going anywhere, so I guess it doesn't make a difference. Yeah, so, I know. The I, whole thing is that Ollie's going to take his place. I, I don't think she
0: will, um, only because it, it, that is something that will absolutely screw up the timeline, because it will make Nora older, for one. Um, you know, Nora will suddenly... If Barry survives crisis and Iris becomes pregnant, then Nora will, like... Age a good, like, 10 years immediately because it changes the timeline. Um, I don't think we're going to see her get pregnant before this. I I think she's still going to get pregnant when she usually does. I think it's crisis itself that's going to be pushed forward. But I could see potentially, wow, you know, uh, looking at this now, I could potentially see what you kind of put forward in place of her, of Nora going back to save Barry's mother um could potentially be leading up to creating the crisis because uh you know there there's you basically
1: a lot of, have a flashpoint inside a flashpoint
0: yeah exactly because there's a lot of things that are going to have to change something is going to happen something is going to happen soon that's going to cause the timeline to shift and crisis to happen earlier than later uh and I could see that potentially happening being something that Nora does towards the end of the season and that could be the flash, and that could be what we get out of the flash as our hint towards crisis next year, because i I think hmm. I, I think Nora and um Eobard are i I, I firmly believe they are going to play a role in crisis happening sooner than later. It's just a matter yeah, of how's going: It's just a matter of how's it going to happen.
1: Oh what but if you think Thawne knows about the crisis? Do you think that's that's what he's working towards right now?
0: Maybe. I could I could see and that he is
1: from the future.
0: Yeah, and he's seen you know, and he's the he's somebody who's tra- who can travel through time and you know dimension you know the multiverse and such. So there's a good strong possibility he does know that about crisis. Uh, you know, you got to figure at the point in time that they're at now, he's already survived it. Yeah. So I mean, he's already survived the first version of it, and. You know, it could be very well his doing in his ultimate plan to, to throw some things into place that change the timeline and move crisis forward because maybe it's something that prevents him from, yeah. And and maybe it's something that prevents him from being incarcerated.
1: I wonder if they actually make him a big player in crisis. I
0: can't imagine they wouldn't.
1: I can't Uh, imagine.
0: I'm so stoked for crisis. You have no idea. No idea. I was stoked the moment they they announced it at the end of this year's crossover.
1: I They haven't done it yet, but I really hope they just like, here's all the episodes put together in a movie on a DVD. Please buy this thing. Uh, I would buy the thing. Well,
0: it's funny that you bring that up, too, because uh, for the past two seasons, I have done that myself. I have literally taken the episodes, edited all the commercials and put them back to back and made them turn them into movies. And that's yeah, how it that sounds like an amazing one. And that's how I watch them. Uh, We will have to talk after the podcast, sir, so I can find ways to get them to you. Um, Yeah, so that's going to wrap it up for the recaps of the episodes. Next week on The Flash, or this coming week, rather, episode 20, Gone Rogue. Barry continues to struggle with his feelings over Nora's Nora's betrayal. Uh, Brie Larvin, Josh Jackman, and Peter Merkel return to Central City, and Cisco makes a bold decision. So... There's been rumors that, you know, Carlos Valdez could be leaving the series by the end of the season. Maybe this could potentially be it. We uh, we shall see. Uh, so, that being said, uh, there's not a lot of news out there in the world of DC. There hasn't been. This is a slow time for it. As the seasons are beginning to wrap up, there's no casting notices or anything like that because they're not doing it yet. So... Uh, A lot of production companies like DC and Warner Brothers are saving a lot of stuff for San Diego Comic-Con and E3 and things like that. So it's been very lackluster. However, there are two news stories out there. I'm going to cover one and Shad, you're going to cover the other. Uh, I'll I'll throw mine out there first because mine is more rumor than anything else. And we tend not to cover rumors on the podcast any longer because we've been bitten so many times in the past. But I'm just very interested in this one. Rumor is the next Batman actor uh, could be rumored to be revealed as soon as this week. Uh, we know that Ben Affleck was, has uh, officially vacated the role that he portrayed in uh, Superman, Batman vs. Superman and Justice League. Uh, but yeah, there is a rumor out there that Matt Reeves' Batman could be cast or an- might already be cast and announced as uh, as early this week. So it's going to be very interesting. I know Army Hammer is uh, a lead uh, rumored casting, which could be good. But uh, I'm just going to wait until it's officially announced. And trust me, as soon as it's announced, you'll see us posting it on the Facebook page as well. Uh, But that leaves one other news story. So uh, I'll turn that over to you, sir, because I know you were excited about Uh this one. Uh, yeah,
1: mine's also still just a rumor, but it does have a date attached to it, and a couple of copyrights, oh. uh, but suppo- there's been a supposed leak of the next Rocksteady game, uh, Rocksteady being the people that made the Batman Arkham video games, uh, if you'd like to know more about those, listen to my podcast, DS Primetime, on the Next Level Radio Network, uh, but the leak is Outlaws, Outlaws being, you know, Red Hood, uh, Arsenal, various other characters. Possibly the next game from the people that made the Batman Arkham games. I don't know. It, it does have a date that says world premiere Friday, April twenty sixth, which was whoa, two days, was ago. A
0: days ago. Couple days ago, so so we didn't get anything.
1: Hey, so I uh, we, well, you know what? Never mind. Yeah. I guess it was all rumor. <laughs> That's all right. I I'm, uh, I did not I
0: did not see the date until literally just now. No, it's it's fine. I mean, um, it, it just because I mean it could just be postponed. I mean, there could. There's been rumors. Be. There's been rumors in the pipeline for a while that E3's got something in the works. I have no doubt that they do. It's just a matter of finding out what it is.
1: I, I doubt it's Outlaws, though. That those characters just don't seem to have the name cachet to sell a video game to me.
0: It would be kind of
1: cool, though. It would be.
0: I mean, it's you know, uh, we've heard a couple different rumors as to what the next potential game could be, uh, especially if it's a DC title. And I, I, I've been pleased with all of them, you know, whether it's a Justice League game or another Batman game, you know, Batman Outlaws, what have you. Uh, I'm still such a big fan of the Batman Arkham series that, um, I, you know, I'm ready for the next game. I'm ready for the next one.
1: Yeah, that rumored Superman by Rocksteady got me really hyped for a oh, moment. I, I wanted that. That like, would have been I fantastic. want a Rocksteady Superman game.
0: Yeah, that, that that would be fantastic. Uh, and, and very well done, sir, uh, calling it DS primetime um i I caught that that did not escape my attention uh the only other the only other thing i have to mention too is if you haven't seen it already you can find a link to it on our facebook page facebook.com slash dc primetime uh the official trailer for swamp thing has been released and dude it's straight up horror there's no questioning it when you watch this trailer
1: that looks really good i'm really looking forward to
0: that yeah i am too uh doom patrol still is a fantastic fucking series on dc universe uh if you haven't had a chance to check that out please do and it makes me really excited for swamp thing for for when that releases and that's coming up may 31st we're just a little over a month away from that which is man is gonna be exciting uh i might say i still gotta watch
1: still gonna watch doom patrol i don't watch this week's episode or last week's episode
0: yet. i'm dude i'm two episodes behind too i um I haven't watched last week or this week, and it's mainly because from last Friday up until this past Thursday, uh, I've been watching nothing but the MCU. I got through 21 movies in six days, which, after seeing Endgame, man, I am marveled out. And then I continue to go see Endgame two more times. So, call me a hypocrite. It's fine. (laughs) Um but, yeah, so uh, a couple recommendations, and then we'll do some plugs, and we'll get out of here. Uh, anything you'd like to recommend to the to the uh, the masses, sir? Uh,
1: I'm assuming you're going to recommend in-game, so I'll <laughs> leave that one to you. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, I am. I think all of my recommendations up to this point have been video games, so I'm just going to stick with that. I have been playing, after the announcement of Borderlands 3, I have been playing Borderlands 2, which is so freaking much fun. If you've never played it, it's a loot shooter. The tagline is millions of guns. Uh, There's all kinds of guns. The humor is hysterical. If you've never played it, you should definitely check it out.
0: I was actually going to ask you about that, because I have seen you posting that you've been playing... um, What is it? The Handsome Collection? uh, Yeah. Of Borderlands. I have never played a Borderlands 2... I've never played a Borderlands game ever. Um, And Borderlands 2... Or Borderlands The Handsome Collection is one that has been sitting in my queue for a while. I've just yet to pull the trigger on it. And... I was going to ask you about it, so I'm kind of glad that you brought it up, because now I'm thinking I might potentially pull the trigger on that game now and give it a shot. Oh, you should definitely check it out. So, cool. I might do that you now. Could,
1: the, the Handsome Collection has the pre-sequel and Borderlands 2. Uh, you could probably play them in either order. I have yet to play the pre-sequel, but I'm playing 2 right now. Eventually, I'm going to get back to the second one. And then they just released the, uh, the first one on PS4 uh, in HD with 4k
0: you have 4k don't you i do uh and and the cool thing is i actually own a borderlands game i have borderlands i don't know if it's two or three uh the vr version uh it's two okay yeah i have borderlands 2 vr because it actually came with my my playstation vr headset uh that and beat saber because i got the beat saber borderlands bundle and uh beat saber is a beast of a game like I, I i love that game so much um and but i've yet to play the borderlands vr because i want to play the actual console game first before i play the vr version so uh you but yeah definitely should check it out i will i think i will because i think that i think the uh the handsome collection is pretty relatively cheap now at this point
1: oh yeah so uh, most definitely
0: uh but yeah that leads me to my recommendation for the week and that is if you have not yet already seen it uh Just, I know it's not DC, it's Marvel, but we we make no bones about, you know, paying homage to other fandoms. If you haven't seen it yet, go and see Avengers Endgame. No lie, I was speechless at the end of this movie, which is rare for me. I've always had opinions about the Marvel films, whether they're, like, amazing or I've had slight complaints. I have not one complaint about this movie it left me speechless it hit every emotion from happy to sad to excitement to you know fearful like it hit every it hit every emotion along the spectrum i laughed i cried happy and sad i cheered uh, do, there are moments that i wanted that happened there are moments i didn't even realize i wanted that happened and that moments I didn't even realize I wanted until they happened. Uh, that happened in this film. That, like I, I was utterly blown away. The movie, and I, I never give this rating. This movie is perfect. It is a Ugh. to anybody who has invested the ten years into the MCU. This is a perfect homage to everything you've invested in, and. Again, I've seen it twice. I'm going to see it again within an hour or two of us finishing wrapping recording this podcast. I will be back in the theater watching it again. And Shad, after you see it, you need to message me to tell me your thoughts.
1: Will do. And to anybody who does go see it, be nice. Don't talk about it on your way out of the theater because people are walking in who haven't seen it yet.
0: Yes. I I went and saw a 7 o'clock showing on Thursday night and... Uh, it was weird because I got out after 10 and the theater was still packed and that's because I forgot there were showings up until like 1130 at night at the theater Uh, and everybody was there to see Endgame nobody was there to see anything else let's be real Um,
1: some theaters are open for like 24 hours now
0: oh yeah because I I'm I'm an AMC A list member not a sponsor and it's funny because I keep going into the app to check screenings just kept showtimes and everything and dude like everything is blacked out because even today everything is selling out across theaters. Oh, um, so if you got in to see it, be glad because it's tough. It's a tough ticket to get at this point. It's already shattered box office records. Like they were worried Gosh. about it making 300 million because of the length of time, because of it being a three hour movie. It broke 300 million as of yesterday. I, I think it's like, oh, I think it's like, as I read this morning, I think 326 million um, as of yest- as of last night, and they still have to get through today. Uh, it has between China and the U.S. globally. It's it has already broken a billion dollars. Oh my god! It is ridiculous, and it is worth every single penny. Um, I cannot wait. I'm excited for you to see it, sir. Um, and as you mentioned, do not spoil it for anyone because you'll just be the biggest dick in the world. I posted I posted a story on my Facebook page about a guy in Hong Kong actually getting beat up outside of a theater. Yeah, I saw that. Because he I walked out it. of oh the theater gosh. and was talking loudly about what happened in the movie. And somebody waiting oh. in line beat the piss out of him. And I'm not one to condone violence, but fucking good. Like, I, if there was any movie I would never want to spoil for anyone or ever want getting spoiled for me, it's this movie. So... If you haven't seen it, go and see it. Shad. I'm excited for you to see it. Very much so, because I'm excited. To, uh-huh. I'm still excited just to see it again. I've seen it twice.
1: The wait is killing me.
0: <laughs> you only got a couple more hours, man. Hang in there. You'll be good. <laughs> Uh, that being said, some cheap plugs and we can get out of here. Uh, as always, you can catch this podcast as well as every other podcast on the Next Level Podcast Network, Next Level Radio, or the Next Level Network, online.com, facebook.com slash the Next Level Network. Of course, the Facebook page for this podcast, uh, facebook.com slash DC Primetime. And since Rob is not here, I will mention it for him. You can also cast his podcast, the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods, also a podcast here on The Next Level Podcast Network, uh, which you can find um, uh, also at thenextlevelnetwork.com. Shad, anything you'd like to plug or promote before we get out? Nah, I got nothing going on. Got nothing going on except Endgame later today. Yep. (laughs) So cool. With that being said, uh, thank you as always for being a part of the DC prime DS primetime family today. Uh, (laughs) Absolutely. Chad, I'm sure we'll have you back on again. And just because I haven't said it once today, damn it, Chad, I can't believe I went. (laughs) I can't, I can't believe I went the whole episode, not saying it. i meant to throw it in, but we just got engrossed in conversation and I forgot to do it. Uh, But that wraps it up for this episode of DS Primetime. As always, thank you for being a part of the family. Until next time, we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. We'll
1: see you. Catch you in the comments section.